Hey, 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 welcome back to Chew the Bible. It's a good friend, A.A. Ron. We are in 1 Corinthians 13. Reading on the Amplified Version, the excellence of love. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love for others growing out of God's love for me, then I have become only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal, just an annoyance, annoying distraction. And if I have the gift of prophecy and I speak a new message from God to the people and understand all mysteries and possess all knowledge, and if I have all sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains but do not have love, reach, reaching out to others, I am nothing. If I give all my possessions to feed the poor and if I surrender my body to be burned but do not have love, it does me no good at all. Love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind and thoughtful and is not jealous or envious. Love does not brag, and it is not proud or arrogant. It is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not provoked, nor overly sensitive and easily angered. It does not take into, it does not take into account a wrong endured. It does not rejoice at injustice, but rejoices with the truth when right and truth prevail. Love bears all things, regardless of what comes, believes all things, looking for the best in each one, hopes all things, hopes all things remaining steadfast during difficult times, endures all things without weakening. Love never fails, it never fades nor ends, but as for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for gifts of special knowledge, it will pass away. This is funny because like I said, I said in the last recording, there's a lot of debates, whole churches that have whole separate denominations over this very issue of whether or not the gifts of the Spirit are for today or they're not for today. And at the end of the day, those things are going to pass away. They're not important. Those are all for the edifying and the growing of the church. Uh, verse 9, for we know in part... And we prophesy in part for our knowledge is fragmentary and incomplete. But when that which is complete and perfect, perfect comes, that which is incomplete and impartial and partial will pass away. Basically, when Jesus returns, he is the perfect one that's coming. Yeah, and completes us. You complete me, Lord. Verse 11, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. For now, in this time of imperfection, we see in a mirror dimly a blurred reflection, a riddle, an enigma. But then, when the time of perfection comes, we will see reality face to face. God will no longer be invisible. Now I know in part just in fragments, but then I will know fully just as I have fully known, been fully known by God. We're kind of all like in like a Truman Show, Truman Show movie. I don't know if you've ever seen that so the movie Truman Show, where the people observing everything going on. That's kind of how God is. He sees everything that we're doing, even though a lot of times we try to live and act like he doesn't see what we're doing. Um, or hope he doesn't see what we're doing. Uh, verse 13, and now there remain, now there remain faith, abiding trust, 
in God and his promises, hope. Most translations, they don't have all these brackets. It just says faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. But I'm going to read the brackets for y'all. And now there remain faith, abiding trust in God and his promises. That's what faith is. Hope, confident expectation of eternal salvation. Love, unselfish love for others, growing out of God's love for me. These three, the choices, graces. But the greatest of these is love. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. No more. Yeah, there's the Greeks. They had multiple types of love. Uh, let me just read that real quick. Greek types of love. There's like nine of them. So, court, there's a. Uh, oh, there's eight. Sometimes, sometimes I've seen more than that. There's philia. Let's see if I can find a little chart. Images. Y'all can go look this up on your own. There it goes. This is from the loner wolf. Or whatever this is. Uh, eight different types of love. You got eros or erotic love. You got philia. Not to be confused with. Yeah, like it's like you, so you get like Philadelphia the city of brotherly love, you know, like it's funny because people in Philly, especially Philly fans, so the Sixers and the Eagles, like they aren't always the most loving people. Yeah, Philia or affectionate love, Storge or, or I think you say Storge. I think you're supposed to pronounce, I don't know, we'll just say Storge. Or familiar love, that's like the love between, I don't have to explain erotic love. Philia is an affectionate love, like a brotherly love. Storge is like a familiar love. Uh, I'm trying to think of the best example of that familiar. I guess it'd be like, yeah, kind of like in marriage. The longer you're with somebody, the longer, or as long as you're friends, it's like a, a, a love, a friendship that go, yeah, is, is over time probably. That's the best way to think of it. That's how I interpret that, familiar love. We share a lot of things in common, and we got a lot of inside jokes. We've known each other since kindergarten, so we're familiar with one another. That's where I love that's what makes our love stronger. That's why the longer you've been walking with the Lord, the longer, the stronger your love is with him. And it's stronger than any marriage relationship you could experience here on earth. Uh, Ludus is a playful love. Uh, like the love, like when I'm with my kids. Yeah, it's like laughing and joking and being silly. Uh, mania is an obsessive love, which is dangerous uh infatuation kind of love yeah that's kind of love i had that's what drew but it's kind of a good thing because mania and eros is what attracts you to somebody in the first place it's kind of how god designed us so that we were if we didn't have erotic love and manic love then it would be a little bit harder for people to procreate that's what draws couples together and kind of keeps a lot of couples together but if your relationship is based off of those two types of love, then yeah, you gonna might have some issues. Or like, yeah, that's why you get stalkers from with the obsessive love, manic love, mania. Then you got pragmatic love, pragmatic, which is an enduring love, almost similar to like a storge love. Pragmatic love. Storge and uh, pragma love, I kind of think of as... Um, they kind of go together. That's how you like you get couples that are been together married over fifty years. 
They have this enduring and familiar love. Then you got fellatio, which is uh, a self-love. Interesting. How similar is that word to fellatio? Anyway, we're not going to go there. But yeah, fellatio is... Or fellatio. I think I'm saying that wrong. Fellatio. Or self-love. Which is kind of dangerous. It's supposed to be meant like, yeah, you do things to take care of yourself. To Your body's a temple of the Holy Ghost. It's like when I took my daughter yesterday to get her to do a little pedicure, manicure. I need to do more stuff like that. Uh, yeah, go for a massage, you know. Um, bubble baths. I don't really like my tub, so I don't really take bubble baths. Darn it, I need to put speaking, I need to put some uh bleach in the tub to clean it. Um so this is where we get like the whole modern day where everybody keeps talking about self care, importance of self care. Doing things, yeah, but it can go a little too far. Yeah, like with like yeah, because now like yeah, I was talking about masturbation. Uh it's, it's I personally believe it's a sin. And um, just go back and listen to my previous recordings and know why I think that or look at some YouTube videos, why Christians shouldn't masturbate or articles that write about this stuff. But yeah, like we live in a world now. It's like, oh, yeah, self-love. You got to, yeah, you got to treat your body well. And yeah, orgasm as many times as you can and all that kind of stuff. And or what other kind of self-love? Yeah, it takes a little too far. It becomes a little, uh, what do you call it? What is the word? Um yeah, no, it's narcissistic. Sometimes it can take a little too far. Uh, agape, and then lastly is agape, agape love, which is selfless love, which is, yeah, fellatia is inward, inwardly, things inwardly self-focused. Agape love is outward-focused. And the only way you can carry out the God kind of love that's selfless, the greatest love, there's no greater love than this than to lay your life down for your friend. I think that's the scripture. And yeah, when Jesus, he showed the exact best example of selfless love when he died on the sin of son, Jesus, one and only begotten son, Jesus down to earth to die on the cross for us and hung on the cross for at least three to six hours. And yeah, it was beaten before that and spit on and wrongly accused. That's the greatest form of love we will ever receive to die for the sins, not just of a friend. Anybody can die for the sins of a friend or even enemy. But the front, the die for the sins of the entire world, friends and enemies. So, Lord, I just thank you for your agape love. And just thank you, Lord. Um, help us to have that type of love um, toward you and for others. In Jesus, my name, I pray. Amen. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, but God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us.
Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody or everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, or you've walked away from him, and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray. Amen.